Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about the church behind the program, how to contact us, and learn more about the podcast when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 4.21 through 5.1 called Standing Firm in Freedom. Go back to Galatians 3.16. This will help. Now, the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed, Galatians 3.16. He does not say into seeds is referring to many, but rather to one, to your seed, that is Christ. What I'm saying is this. The law, which came 430 years later after the covenant with Abraham, does not invalidate a covenant previously ratified by God so as to nullify the promise. For if the inheritance is based on law, it is no longer based on a promise, but God has granted it to Abraham by means of a promise. Here's the bottom line. God made an unconditional covenant with Abraham in Genesis 15 that represents the idea that when one believes in the Lord, they are made righteous by faith, by trust in God. That's the Abrahamic covenant. 430 years later, the law is given at Sinai to Moses. That law does not invalidate the covenant given to Abraham. That right standing with God comes by trusting in God. Everybody with me? So even though the law came 430 years later, it doesn't invalidate the Abrahamic covenant. That's Paul's point. That's probably the two covenants in view. Although you could say that the Abrahamic covenant is ultimately fulfilled as each person trusts Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The moment that you trust him, before you go, go into the waters of baptism, the moment that you believe, you repent of your sin and you believe in Jesus, what happens? You're born again of the Holy Spirit. It's a promise by faith through grace. You grab hold of it by faith. The grace has already been extended to you by the death and resurrection of Jesus. It's a good time for a phone call, right? (laughs) So, the second covenant... uh, Let me read the NIV. This may help. Now, this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia. You might want to draw some arrows if you have a a physical Bible on your lap. Hagar to Mount Sinai in Arabia corresponds to the present Jerusalem. The NIV says Hagar stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia. That corresponds, so you kind of walk it out from Hagar to Sinai to present Jerusalem. They're all clumped together. Draw your arrows. For she is in slavery with her children. Here's the bottom line. Paul says, I walk around Jerusalem as Jesus did, and I see a bunch of religious people who are slaves. Slaves to what? To the law. Slaves to the extra traditions that the rabbis have placed on the people's backs so they can barely move on a Sabbath day. And even in modern Jerusalem, they have Sabbath elevators and Different things for the Sabbath because you can only walk a certain distance and you're not supposed to press a button and all of this stuff. And people get so caught up in the minutiae trying to be pleasing to God that they lose how they're saved in the first place. Christ made you to be free. Amen? Jesus, in John 5 and John 9, heals a couple different people on the Sabbath day. 
A man who had been crippled, I think 38 years. A man who was born blind. The religious leadership can't rejoice in the healing. Rather, they get caught up that he did it on the Sabbath day. This man can't be from God. Yes, he opened a person's eyes that was blind from birth. Congenital blindness. And then they interview the formerly blind man. Who healed you? How did it happen? Well, the man named Jesus, he, he made clay with his spittle. He put it on my eyes. I went and washed in the pool of Siloam and came back seeing. Then they call the parents. Is this your son? Was he born blind? Yes, it's our son. And he was born blind. How was he healed? I don't know. He's of age. Ask him. And they were afraid because anybody who openly confessed Jesus would be what? Booted out of the synagogue. All right. So now... They call the blind, formerly blind man back and they say, hey, uh, tell us again what happened. <laughs> he says, why do you want to hear it again? I already told you what happened. <laughs> he says, do you want to also become one of his disciples? You can see the religious leader, rats and rats and double rats. <laughs> and then the formerly blind man begins to teach the religious leaders. It's never been heard of that anybody like, how could, he, how could he not be from God, paraphrasing, since he opened my eyes? Here's what I can tell you. Once I was blind, but now I see. But he did it on the Sabbath day. The Sabbath day. He did it on the Sabbath. He's the fulfillment of the Sabbath. They strained a gnat and swallowed a camel. But, 26, the Jerusalem... Here's the other covenant. Above, this one's connected to Sarah and Isaac, is free. She is our mother. Jerusalem above contrasted with the Jerusalem of Paul's day. Jerusalem means city of peace. And when you belong to the, if you're a citizen of the heavenly kingdom, you're free. She is our mother. The second free woman, Sarah, births free children of promise, Remember the definition I gave you of freedom. It's to be what you ought to be. It's to be what God made you to be. Now Paul will quote another text. For it is written, Rejoice, barren woman. Many rabbis saw this as Sarah, or at least Sarah was uh, typified in this. Who does not bear, break forth and shout, you who are not in labor, for more are the children of the desolate than of the one who has a husband. Now, in quoting Isaiah 54.1, Paul continues, it is written. He quotes the verse from Isaiah 54.1. And he's addressing the captives that would end up in Babylonian captivity. Basically, he's saying this. Even though you guys went into captivity and your children were impacted and maybe you lost family members and children and you feel like you're barren as a nation, you're going to have... And connected now back to Sarah and Abraham. More children than you could ever imagine. Now you take it from the earth to the new Jerusalem or the future Jerusalem that will come down on the earth. And you imagine now people from every tribe, tongue, nation and people. And imagine Abraham and Sarah maybe sitting at a banquet table as people from every tribe, every tongue, every nation pour into the kingdom of God. And Abraham says, I do have as many kids as the sand of the seashore. Look at this. 
Where'd they all come from? Well, they're pouring in because they have a direct line spiritually back to you, Abraham. Because we are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise, simply when we place trust in Jesus, we get a seat at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Praise God. There's a seat for you if you'll trust in Jesus. And so also, you brethren, like Isaac, applied now directly to the church in Galatia and Corona, you are children of promise. Don't let anybody rob you of that promise. But as at that time, he who was born according to the flesh, 29, persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit. So it is now also. Now Paul pushes the analogy one step further to tell the Galatian believers tempted to get circumcision and come under the law in that respect. He says, look, just like it happened in the days with uh, Ishmael and Isaac, so it happens now. Here's the story. Later homework is Genesis 21, 8 through 13. So the child Isaac grew and he was weaned. He's probably about three years old. Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. Now Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, whom she had born to Abraham, mocking, laughing at Isaac. So Ishmael, he's the older kid now, he's making sport of Isaac. There's some extra biblical sources that say he shot arrows at Isaac. Isaac was three. And I'm just playing around. <laughs> right past his ear. Some people say that Ishmael was mocking Isaac about circumcision. Isaac was circumcised on the eighth day, but Ishmael was circumcised when he was 13. And there's an extra biblical reference from the Targumim, Targumim, which records this. Ishmael said to Isaac, I am more beloved than you because I was circumcised at the age of 13. Isaac retorted, I am more beloved than you because I was circumcised at eight days. Ishmael taunted, that makes me more beloved. At the age of 13, I could have protested the procedure, but I did not. I am more beloved than you because I was circumcised at the age of 13, but you were circumcised as a baby and you had no, no choice in the matter. I'm more beloved than you are. I'm more beloved than... <laughs> and... There was a party going on, and Sarah saw what was happening. And I don't know how bad this got. These are some extra-biblical uh, writings, but um, one text, as I mentioned, says he was pretending to play and shot arrows at his brother Isaac. Talk about a sibling rivalry. You say, what's the point? The history of Christianity has been this. The religious, please hear this, have been the biggest persecutors of the church. Do you know that our brethren in the last several hundred years or centuries have been burned at the stake to try to get the Bible into the hands of the common person? Not by atheists, but by people who claim to belong to the Lord. When Jesus ends up dying on the cross, who are the main perpetrators of getting him there? It's the religious leadership. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. 
take the time to visit our website, walkintruth.com, to learn more about the program. And if you've been listening for some time and appreciate what the program has to offer, would you please consider giving a small donation? Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry, and we're able to broadcast on this station and do the podcast because of that support. That's also how we're able to do our 633 apologetic events for free. If you're a new listener, please don't give. We're just blessed that you're listening. But if you've been listening for a while, can you give $5 today? We believe that the Lord is faithful, and your $5 donation will go a long way to help us keep this ministry going. You can give your $5 donation when you visit walkintruth.com and click on Donate. That's walkintruth.com and click on Donate. Life on the go can make it difficult to catch up on your study in the Bible. If you think about it, Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance is here for you, kind of like a daily supplement to help your spiritual growth. You can listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want because it's on podcast too. Subscribe to Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. For example, if you have an iPhone, we're on your iPodcast app already on your phone. Walk in Truth is also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. So listen on your hike, during your drive, or while you're getting work done at a coffee shop. Basically, listen whenever you want. Subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. Isaac was circumcised on the eighth day, but Ishmael was circumcised when he was 13. And there's an extra biblical reference from the Targumim, Targumim, which records this. Ishmael said to Isaac, I am more beloved than you because I was circumcised at the age of 13. Isaac retorted, I am more beloved than you because I was circumcised at eight days. Ishmael taunted, that makes me more beloved. At the age of 13, I could have protested the procedure, but I did not. I am more beloved than you because I was circumcised at the age of 13, but you were circumcised as a baby and you had no no choice in the matter. I'm more beloved than you are. I'm more beloved than... (laughs) And there was a party going on and Sarah saw what was happening. And I don't know how bad this got. These are some extra biblical uh, writings, but... um, one text, as I mentioned, says he was pretending to play and shot arrows at his brother Isaac. Talk about a sibling rivalry. You say, what's the point? The history of Christianity has been this. The religious, please hear this, have been the biggest persecutors of the church. Do you know that our brethren in the last several hundred years or centuries have been burned at the stake to try to get the Bible into the hands of the common person, not by atheists, but by people who claim to belong to the Lord. When Jesus ends up dying on the cross, who are the main perpetrators of getting him there? It's the religious leadership who cannot accept him as Messiah, though he does scores of miracles, even raising Lazarus from the dead, but they don't want to lose their position and power. 
So they crucified the Lord, and Jesus said to Pilate, They who turn me over to you have the greater sin. They knew better. They knew I was the heir. And they said, Come, let us destroy him. Wow. Over the centuries, persecution has come mainly from religious people. How sad. How tragic. And here, nothing new under the sun. In fact, Revelation 17.6 says that the woman who represents false religion was drunk with the blood, blood of the saints. Heavy. So what do we do about it? Someone reading this says, well, what does the scripture say? What should we do now? Cast out the bondwoman and her son. For the son of the bondwoman shall not be an heir with the son of the free woman. When Sarah saw Ishmael harassing her son, she said, drive out the maid and her son. Drive out Hagar and Ishmael. And Abraham was grieved. And the Lord said to him, listen to the voice of your wife. I will make him a great nation. Don't worry. And most people believe that Ishmael produces the Arabs, which is an interesting thing to think about. Even in modern society now or in modern life, there's still ongoing tension between <laughs> Ishmael and Isaac, if you will. Everybody with me? Ongoing tension in the Middle East and so forth. What do we make of cast out the bondwoman? Does this mean that the false teachers should be booted out of the church? Some believe that. Others would say that the main point Paul is making is that they need to pay attention to the scripture, verse 30, what does the scripture say, and ignore these false teachers. What does this mean? It means that we, brethren, must listen to the teaching of God's word if you know God's word and you listen to it regularly, you study it regularly, you won't bother with false teachers anymore. Amen? You'll go, what is this? You'll know your Bible so well that you'll go, what is that? There's, there's nothing there. It's just, it's emptiness. It's void. It's nothing. If you start going deep into your Bible and you hear a false teacher start to pontificate false doctrine, you're going to know it instantaneously. That's what Paul is saying. He's teaching them. So then, brethren, we are not children of, the, of a bondwoman, but of the free woman. Look, you're free. Don't come back under a yoke of slavery. Final verse. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Here's the exhortation. Keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Christ has opened the prison door. Walk in your freedom. A few things from my notes, and Shane, if you can hear my voice, come on out. It is interesting to ponder that our freedom in Christ is something that may well be one of the top things that identify us as belonging to him. Yes, it is love. Yes, it is truth. But freedom will mark God's true people. The gospel says sinners are set free from sin, Satan, themselves, the world, all because of the death and resurrection of the life-giving Lord Jesus Christ. We can have freedom ultimately from social pressure, false teaching, going back into sin. We don't have to be a slave anymore. This is what freedom looks like. It's not doing what you want. It's being what you ought. Amen? 
It's saying I'm truly free to serve my Father and extend His kingdom. Father, thank you for this section. It is <laughs> a little difficult sledding here, but I appreciate this congregation's heart to dive into the Word of God, hear the voice of your Spirit, make the applications as uh, you would lead us, Lord. And I do pray that you would help us to hear your voice, to hear what the Spirit says to your church, to walk out our freedom that you purchased with such a high price. If you're here this morning and maybe some of this is new to you or maybe uh, you've been away from church for a long time and maybe you wondered where you stand with God or if you could be forgiven of your sin, you can. Jesus paid it all. He wants to make you free. He wants to lift your burdens. Would you keep your head and heart bowed and just cry out to him? He's the one that can save you. There's no person on, the, on this earth, there's no person in this room that can save you. Jesus saves. Would you cry out to him? If, if you are not sure that you know him, if you're not sure, God forbid, if you were to leave this planet tonight, that you would be saved, make sure. With your head and heart bowed, just something this simple. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for purchasing my freedom at the cross and through the resurrection. I place my faith and trust in you. I want to be born from above. I want to experience a spiritual rebirth. I want to know who you are. I don't want to just do religion. I want to know you. Would you save me? I turn from my sin. I'm sorry for it. And I thank you that you died on that cross for me and rose from the dead. And I place my trust in you. Please remove my burdens, my fears, my struggles. I place my trust in you and you alone for my salvation. In Jesus' name. Maybe you're a prodigal and you've, maybe you got caught up in some false teaching and maybe you lost some of your freedoms. You can come back to the Father just waits. And if you're a saint here this morning, you've been walking with the Lord and you have your ups and downs, I pray that the Lord would encourage your faith, strengthen you in the inner man, and just give you a blessed week as you walk in true freedom. Father, I ask all of this in Jesus' name. You've been listening to Standing Firm in Freedom, Part 3 on Walk in Truth. That was the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians 4.21 through 5.1. And don't forget, if you missed any part of today's program or Part 1 or 2, you can listen on walkintruth.com or wherever you get your podcasts. As an FYI, Pastor Michael is the Senior Pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship here in Corona, California. And you're invited to attend our Wednesday night and Sunday morning services in person or live streamed on YouTube. Join Pastor Michael in the Living Truth Christian Fellowship family in worship and for an inspiring teaching in the Bible. You can find Living Truth Christian Fellowship on YouTube and by going to walkintruth.com. Pastor Michael and all of us here on the Walk in Truth team would love it if you joined us. Now here's Pastor Michael with a word. Well, I think a good way to think about standing firm in freedom is standing firm in your faith. And the one who helps us to stand firm is our Lord. And we have armor that will help us. And, you know, in Ephesians 6, Paul says, having done everything to stand. 
Now, the enemy wants to upend us from our freedom. He wants to move us away to enslavement, back to the old habits, the old ways, the old fears, the old chains. Don't go back, brethren. Keep standing firm in your freedom. Well, hey, as we move through Galatians, you know, this book is so incredibly powerful, and we're going to get to a teaching called What Really Matters. And uh, boy, life is, you know, uh, when, when you think about all the things that you can concentrate on, all the things that you can put your time and energy and focus on, what really matters? Well, the only thing that really matters is faith expressing itself through love. And we're going to be digging down deep into that idea next time on Walk in Truth. Now, I'd like to invite you to our Wednesday night service at Living Truth Christian Fellowship, where I serve as senior pastor. It's in the city of Corona, right off the 91 Freeway and Lincoln Avenue. Now, our Wednesday night service also live streams, and uh, we are doing a series in the Psalms. It's called Medicine for the Soul, a series in the Psalms. Wednesday nights, 7 p.m., at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona. You can also uh, participate in the worship service on Wednesday nights and Sundays when you go to walkintruth.com and click on the church tab. There you'll get to our YouTube channel, walkintruth.com. Hey, we appreciate you. So glad you're listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. God bless. Hey, one more thing. Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your $5 donation helps us broadcast on the radio and provide the podcast and to do the free apologetic events. So please give your donation at walkintruth.com. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's teaching in Galatians chapter 5, verses 1 through 6, called What Really Matters. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth today. It's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.